Welcome to the Water Margin Podcast. This is a supplemental episode. In episode 3, we met Gao Qiu, a riffraff who rose to commander of the Imperial Guards thanks to catching the Emperor's favor with his impressive skills and ancient Chinese football game called Tzu Ju. That particular plot point gives me an opportunity to delve a little bit more into a game that, over its history, was played by everyone from emperors to riffraffs and prostitutes, and rhapsodized about, and frowned upon, by some of China's greatest poets. Before we continue, I want to put out there the disclaimer that I am by no means a historian or expert. The information I present here is what I have been able to find over the course of my research for this episode. I know that some of you out there are actual historians, so if something I mention here doesn't sound right, please feel free to write and let me know. I am happy to correct the record. So anyway, the name Tzu Ju is made up of two characters. The first character, Tzu, means to kick, while the second character, Ju, means ball, so the sport is literally called kickball. There are several theories on the origins of the game. Some speculate that it began in the Paleolithic Age, when people threw stone balls for hunting, practice, and entertainment. Another theory says the sport came from the time of the Yellow Emperor, a mythical sage king from the 3rd millennium BC, as something his soldiers did to celebrate victory in battle, but I think that theory should be accompanied by the disclaimer that the Yellow Emperor pretty much gets credited with inventing Chinese civilization and basically everything in it. And then, another theory says the sport began in the Shang Dynasty, which reigned from 2070 to 1600 BC, as part of a ring dance. The fourth theory, and the one that seems to have the most solid evidence, is that it started in the Warring States period, which ran from the 5th to 3rd century BC. As I touched on in episode 3, the first recorded mention of Ju was in reference to this period. More specifically, it was in a text known as the Strategies of the Warring States. Now we don't know who wrote this text or when, In fact, it's believed that the text is a compilation of writings by multiple authors over different time periods. We do know that the editor of the text was a Han Dynasty scholar who lived in the 1st century BC. In any case, the tidbit from this text that's relevant in the context of Ju is a reference from the chapter on the Warring States Kingdom of Qi. In describing the people in the Qi capital, It's said that they all played various instruments, engaged in cock and dog fighting, amused themselves with a particular board game that was all the rage at the time, and lastly, played Ju. That brief passage formed the basis for FIFA to say on its History of Football webpage that, quote, The very earliest form of the game for which there is scientific evidence was an exercise from a military manual dating back to the 2nd and 3rd centuries BC in China, end quote. I'm sure that declaration worked wonders for the feelings of the Chinese people, given our inclination for claiming to be the first to invent everything of importance. Of course, it's not like no other civilization could independently conceive of the notion of kicking a round object to and fro for recreation and exercise.
However and however early the game of Tsuji began, we know that in addition to being a form of recreation, by the Warring States period, it also served as an exercise to help soldiers stay fit. By the Han Dynasty, which started in the 200s BC, it continued to be a mainstay within the military, but it also began spreading to the ruling class and the aristocracy. Liu Bang, the founder of the Han Dynasty, was apparently quite the Tsuji addict and promoted the sport. The imperial household began holding Tsuji matches in the palace and even built facilities specifically for the sport. These ancient arenas were described as rectangular fields surrounded by walls, and they were called Ju cities or ball cities. Spectators sat on the south end of these stadiums facing north. There are competing theories on how the game was played during the Han Dynasty. Some think a lot of physical contact was allowed as the two teams vied to control the ball and try to kick it into one of the other team's six goals. Another theory thinks that there weren't any goals at all, and that you won by basically getting away from the other team. The game also took on a performative aspect during this time. There's one format where players would show off their ball control skills to a drumbeat. They could use pretty much every part of their body except their hands, and they would do moves like controlling the ball with their feet and their knees, kicking it while being airborne, or balancing the ball on one foot. Fast forward a few hundred years to the Tang Dynasty, which started in the early 600s AD, and we see more changes in the game. First of all, the sport became less of a military exercise and more of a form of primarily entertainment. Also, the ball itself changed. Before the Tang Dynasty, the ball used in Tsuji had a solid core stuffed with animal hair and feathers. But in the Tang Dynasty, we start seeing balls with hollow cores filled with air. Oh, and by the way, I found sources that said that before the balls filled with hair and fur, there's some evidence suggesting that they used stone balls, which, yeah, ouch. Another change in the game that appeared around the Tang Dynasty was a new format of the game that involved just one goal. It's a circle about a foot in diameter called an eye. The eye would be mounted on top of a 10-foot pole. Two teams of about 12 to 16 people each would line up on opposite sides. One team would initiate, and its players would pass the ball to each other, with the aim of having it end up on the feet of the second-in-command, who would then pass it to the team captain, who would try to kick it through the eye. And then the other team will get its turn. The winners got fabulous prizes, and the losers literally got whipped, and were forced to put makeup powder on their faces. How's that for motivation? Oh, and by the way, Tsuji was mentioned in the works of many a Tang Dynasty poet, including names like Li Bai and Du Fu, who are basically 1A and 1B on any list of all-time great Chinese poets. Of course, Li Bai was writing about Tsuji in a rather critical manner, complaining about the aristocracy's infatuation with the game at the expense of important state affairs. But hey, at least that also tells us that the aristocracy was indeed obsessed with the game. Moving along, 
By the time we get to the Song Dynasty, which started in the 900s, the game had become even more widespread across all levels of society, and as we see in the water margin, everyone from royalty to street rats like Gao Qiu play the game. We have pictures of the founder of the Song Dynasty balling with some of his kin, as well as commoners playing Cuju with each other. During the Song Dynasty, the game itself continued to evolve. They stopped using goals again. Instead, you would have anywhere from a single player to a dozen or more arranged in a circle, and each person would show off their fanciest moves with the ball without dropping it. That's why in the water margin, it impressed the future emperor greatly when Gao Qiu was said to be able to control the ball as if it were glued to him. So I guess Tsuji was more like hacky sack by this point. Hacky sacking your way to high government office. How's that for an unconventional career path? There was something else of note that developed during the Song Dynasty. In the novel, when the future emperor told Gao Qiu to join him for a game, the emperor mentioned that they were playing in the Clouds High League. So I want to talk about what that is exactly. The Clouds High League was basically a nationwide 2G association with local chapters everywhere, and the strongest chapter was, not surprisingly, in the capital. To join the league, you have to pass a skills test, but once you've passed that test, you can play in any local chapters around the country for free. Players in the league were divided into different tiers depending on their skill levels, and women were also allowed to join the league. In fact, for much of the history of Tsuju, it seemed that society had no qualms about women playing the game. As early as the Han Dynasty, there was evidence that women were already playing it, and that only increased during the Tang and the Song, as well as the subsequent Yuan Dynasty. In fact, during the Yuan Dynasty, female Tsuji performers were apparently quite the entertainment draw. However, I should note that the Clouds High League, as it is mentioned in the novel, is an anachronism. The novel is set in the Northern Song Dynasty, but according to the sources I found, the Clouds High League did not come into being until the Southern Song Dynasty, which was the successor to the Northern Song. But details, details. The game of Tsuju continued to thrive after the fall of the Song Dynasty. It became even more popular under Mongol rule during the Yuan Dynasty, and songs from that period make frequent mentions of civilians playing the game. By the time of the Ming Dynasty, which followed the Yuan in the mid-1300s, Tsuji was more popular than ever, and that's when it became too popular for its own good. Apparently, a huge chunk of the aristocracy were so addicted to the game that they were neglecting their government duties, and at the same time, brothels began using Tsuji to draw customers, capitalizing on the popularity of the game with men. And that gave the game a rather seedy reputation. So the first emperor of the Ming Dynasty banned government officials and guards from playing Tsuji, on the penalty of having their feet amputated. He did not, however, ban brothels from using Tsuji to draw customers. During my research, when I came across this tidbit about the decline of Tsuji's reputation, 
It occurred to me that this was also around the time when Shinai An supposedly wrote the novel, and I can't help but wonder how much that affected the way Gao Qiu was depicted in the book. Was the emphasis on his Tsuji skills an attempt to further denigrate his character, given the game's CD reputation at the time? When we roll into China's final dynasty, the Qing, the ruling Manchus, pretty much just banned Tsuji outright to prevent their own officials from becoming obsessed with it, and that led to the dramatic decline of the game, and there were very few mentions of it in written records from that era. I did come across one interesting thing though. Apparently the Manchus at some point combined Tsuji with their love of skating and created something described as Tsuji on ice, and I just cannot see how that ends in anything less than comedy and bruised bottoms. So that's a brief overview of the history of Tsuji. Much beloved, much scorned, and at least in the water margin, a feasible means of career advancement. I hope you enjoyed this supplemental episode, and I'll see you next time on the Water Margin Podcast. Thanks for listening.